I'm Sandra Norval, and I'm the Honorary Treasurer and Vice Chair of the Board for the Society for the Environment. Our podcast is designed to provide insight into the lives of registered environmental professionals, featuring experts from across a wide range of sectors and disciplines. We explore what they do, why they do it, how they got to where they are now, and their future ambitions. Each guest is registered with us as a Chartered Environmentalist, Registered Environmental Practitioner, or Registered Environmental Technician by one of our professional body partners, known as our licensed members. As such, they have each been externally verified to confirm that they are committed to good practice in their environmental work. To learn more about the Society for the Environment, our environmental registrations and our licensed members, please visit socenv.org.uk. For this month's episode, I'm pleased to introduce Amanda Williams, Chartered Environmentalist and Head of Sustainability for STEAM Specialties at Spyrax Sarco Engineering. Hi, Amanda. Hi there. Thanks. Thanks for the intro. Really good to meet you. I was really intrigued to learn that Spyrax Sarco specialises in STEAM with a fascinating white paper on the website for the unsung hero of the boiler room. Could you tell us a bit more about your current role? Well, my current role is um, Head of Sustainability for the Spyrex Sarco Steam Specialties business. And Spyrex Sarco Engineering Group is a FTSE 100 listed multinational engineering group. And we produce world leading industrial and commercial steam systems, as well as advanced electric thermal solutions, pumps and fluid path equipment. And the group comprises three main businesses, Watson Marlow Fluid Technology, electric thermal solutions and steam specialties and I'm the sustainability lead for the steam specialties business which includes both Gestra and Spyrax Sarco brands. Um, I've been in post since the beginning of December 2020 so I was a lockdown starter and I report into our managing director. So what does a typical day look like for you? What would we see you actually doing? Well, I guess there is no typical day in many ways, but um, as a sort of sustainability lead for the largest business within the group, I'm responsible for um, developing or embedding, implementing and accelerating the STEAM specialties sustainability strategy and performance um, in line with our group strategy. And this involves being a member of the STEAM executive committee, um, advocating for sustainability aligning, uh, embedding and communicating about our sustainability strategy, as well as developing business level objectives, targets and reporting metrics um, to drive continuous improvement, I guess. So there's a big engagement element to the role. And I'm also uh, both a project sponsor and a project leader for various initiatives and projects. And I guess it would be good to give you a couple of examples of the kind of projects I'm working on. And there are, there are two that I'm leading at the moment that I'm particularly excited about. One of them is a strategic project to develop sustainability knowledge in the business. And this is something I'm particularly passionate about. Um, in my view, if we don't develop sustainability knowledge and skills at all levels in our organisations, we're not only failing to provide our colleagues with the tools that they need to deliver on our own sustainability objectives, but we're also failing to prepare them for a global economy that will increasingly value sustainability expertise. Um, so that one I'm really enjoying um, being part of. And then the other project I'm leading is a strategic initiative to deliver a biodiversity net gain for the business. And as we know, protecting and restoring biodiversity is essential to a sustainable future. And one of the elements of that initiative is to establish a charitable partnership 
to fund the protection and restoration of an area of habitat equivalent to our global operational footprint. Um, so this is an, an, an initiative that also has plenty of potential to engage our colleagues in sustainability because we're also asking all of our sites to deliver a biodiversity initiative themselves, either on site or in their local community. So again, I think that's a project that, um, that has lots of potential to engage our colleagues in this agenda and I'm really excited about that. I can see why there are really genuinely exciting projects and getting everybody engaged like that, getting them really proactive and really taking action for themselves. That's just amazing, really, isn't it? So, yeah, I think that's the best way to get people on board with what you're trying to do. So to get to that point, to be able to do that work, what kind of requirements were there for you to secure the role that you've got now? Oh, um, I think from memory, some of the key requirements were uh, things like demonstrable experience of leading, implementing and embedding sustainability strategy, um, focusing on, on you know, large organisation in a commercial business environment particularly, uh, strong credibility, which was certainly supported by having chartered environmentalist status, and the ability to influence multiple stakeholders, the ability to effectively and appropriately challenge, and of course, strong communication skills. Um, and I suppose also our, our business is purpose-driven and values-led. So a key requirement was an ability to live the company values, which are customer focus, excellence, collaboration, safety, integrity and respect. Excellent. That's really important, isn't it, to make sure that actually those values are aligned in your strategy and delivered as part of it, because I think that's where quite often you see divergence in companies, isn't it? So, yeah, that's really yeah, powerful stuff. So tell us about some of the challenges that you face in the role. Well, do you know what? A key recent challenge actually has been making the move to a new role, which is a step up for me in a really different business at a very different global scale in a new, to me at least, industry during a global pandemic. Um, so as I mentioned, I was a lockdown starter and like many others, I've worked from home throughout much of the last 18 months. And I don't mind admitting that it's a more challenging transition um, when you don't have the opportunity to meet new colleagues in person. And I think that's particularly the case in, in roles like, like we do, where there's a big influencing role. But, um, you know, to be honest, I haven't looked back once because I find myself in an organisation which really genuinely values what we do as sustainability professionals with a very open and collaborative culture. Um, and I'm surrounded by really hardworking and inspiring colleagues. So, so I have to consider myself really, really lucky um, to have made such a positive move during what's been a really challenging time during the you know global economy. But yeah, you know, I think it's I think it's good to to be open and honest about the fact that some sometimes you know taking those um, step up or or a new role at a time like this can be quite challenging. <laughs> It sounds like you're doing a great job there, but, um, you know, you've already mentioned quite a few highlights within the role that you're in. So the, the strategies that you're developing and building those relationships despite lockdown. So I just want to turn a little bit to your previous career. So you, I think it was Landmark, wasn't it, that you worked at before? Yes. Yeah, so that's right. What highlights would you say you've brought from there into this role? Well, it couldn't be um, a, a more different business in, in many ways, um, because obviously at Landmark, we were um, looking after the defence training estate. Um, so um, being the sustainability for, uh, lead for a company that 
um, looks after some of the most special landscapes really uh, in the UK. So that was a really um, exciting role in many ways because of course my my office on a day-to-day um, basis could be anywhere from the Scottish Highlands to um, uh, to the Brecon Beacons to Dartmoor. So, um, you know, really, really exciting, but completely different, of course, to um, working in the manufacturing industry. So, so one of the first things that I've had to, to do in this role is really get familiar with a whole um, new language of en- engineering, you know, with all the new three-letter acronyms that we always have to get used to in a new business. And and, and really um, to do that quite quickly at a time when we've been doing a lot of um, strategy development. So, yeah, since joining the business in December, a key focus really has been on strategy development. Um, we've been refreshing our group sustainability strategy and we launched um, our new strategy, One Planet Engineering with Purpose, in June. And I've been working with sustainability leaders from across the group on this. And this was an evidence-based strategic review with cross-business engagement. And the output from that exercise is not only a renewed commitment to sustainability, but also our kind of roadmap to building a more sustainable future. And it will guide our operations as we work with others, including our suppliers, customers and local communities. So we've made some really ambitious commitments and set some stretching targets. And part of my role has also been to embed that in our own business strategy in STEAM specialties. Brilliant, brilliant. My next question was, um, do you actually feel like you're making a difference in the profession? I think I know how you're going to answer this, but please do go ahead and answer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say that throughout the last 17 years of working in environmental management and sustainability, I've always felt like I'm making a difference. Now, that's not to say that at times the pace of change hasn't been slower than I would have liked. Um, But I'm absolutely convinced that even at times when you are a lone voice, that having an environmentalist in the room makes a difference. You know, it gives you the opportunity to provide challenge, to shift the narrative, to encourage more holistic decisions. Um, And in my current role, I'm I'm working in a large multinational business. So we're operating in over 60 60 countries. And that gives me the opportunity to scale up that impact. And, And I'm lucky enough to be one of a number of sustainability leaders and champions across the business at all different levels within the organisation. So, so collectively, we have the ability to make quite a significant difference. I think that's really important to hear that because, you know, with the IPCC report being published last week, there's been a lot of narrative around how people are feeling and that kind of thing. I think that support between peers is really vital, isn't it, to make sure that we can make the difference we know we want to make. That's exciting. Going back to your earlier days, when did you first develop an awareness for the environment? Um, I've been really passionate about the environment since I was quite a small child, actually. And I grew up on a small holding and, and spent much of my time out in nature. And I guess my father's interest in the natural environment was probably what sparked that, that first interest. But it developed further at secondary school, really, where I had a particularly inspiring geography teacher, which helped that interest to grow, you know, planting the seeds that first developed into environmental activism really in my teens and then eventually a career choice so yeah I mean I think a lot of people had a standout teacher in their lives whether it was at school or or a mentor at a different stage of their careers and and um yeah my geography teacher was was that one person for me I think excellent and when did that translate into you choosing this as a profession what happened there 
Well, it's probably really important to note that this wasn't my first career choice. So um, despite that early interest in the natural environment, I actually started my working life as a news journalist, working on local and regional newspapers. And it became clear to me relatively quickly that this probably wasn't a good career choice for me. I guess you would say it didn't align well with my values. Um, so although it did provide me with some great transferable skills that I use to this day, I eventually went back to my studies reading geography and environment part-time in the hope that I could find a job that I could be passionate about. I suppose that job that gives you a sense of purpose. So soon after completing my studies, I was offered a role at my local university as a research assistant for Education for Sustainable Development. And later I became the same university's first environmental officer. And I worked in higher education um, in environmental management for about 10 years eventually leading a team of environmental professionals as um, environment and energy manager. And we took the university to the top 10 in the Green League at the time, which was the kind of national um, league table of universities um, based on their environmental and ethical performance. So that provided me with some great experience. And I've since worked for a member of the European Parliament on uh, regional liaison and policy, and then um, more recently in land and facilities management in the defence sector, as we as we mentioned earlier, with Landmark, and, and now in an engineering firm. It really just goes to show, doesn't it, actually, no matter where you are right now, if you really want to add sustainability into your career, then there is that opportunity to make that move, isn't there, by the sound of it. So, well done. Excellent work. Um, so... Thinking about the, the actual qualification, the Chartered Environmentalist qualification, what does that really mean to you? Well, I hope you notice I'm wearing my Chartered Environmentalist badge with pride today. And I, I became a Chartered Environmentalist in 2018 and I was really thrilled to be successful in my application. It, it felt like a real milestone in my career, which, you know, I'd worked really hard to develop. And uh, particularly as, as, you know, someone who started my, my chosen career a little bit later, having had that earlier career in, in news journalism. So I guess it certainly increased my confidence in my role. And I think it gives you a sense of credibility by demonstrating that you've got that proven track record in, in your field. And being a chartered environmentalist also gives you access to a whole network of like-minded professionals, doesn't it? So you get that sense of belonging in a challenging area of work and highlights a, a long-standing commitment, really, to use your skills and experience um, to serve the needs of the environment. So I guess I like to see it as a kind of being part of a kind of peaceful army of people pulling in roughly the same direction um, to protect the natural world. So, so for me, that sense of solidarity is really great, especially when you do, um, you know, come across various challenges um, in your work. And, and, and it's great to be able to draw on that network um, to share best practice and so on. I love that idea of a peaceful army. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so how important do you think it is to be a recognised environmental professional? Well, I became a chartered environmentalist through my membership of IEMA, um, Institute of Environmental Management and Assessment, and, and worked through the various levels as an associate member and did my you know, certified auditor training and became a full member of IEMA. And, um, and my membership of IEMA really has been really critical in developing my career, both through the resources, networks and, and development opportunities that it provides and that professional recognition it gives you as well. And, and you know, it's important to note um, for, for newer entrants to this um, sector that many jobs specify that they're looking for an associate or practitioner or full member of IEMA 
or equivalent. So, so it's clearly valued within the jobs market to have that recognised professional qualification. And, and being a chartered environmentalist also provides employers with, I suppose, some sense of assurance of our professional competence and um, our commitment to professional standards, really. So, yeah, I would really, really encourage um, people to, to work through their professional membership levels and, and um, you know, to prioritise that development in their careers. That's really important, isn't it? I think that pathway that you've described there, it's about finding everyone's pathway to get to where, where they need to get to, especially right now. I mean, we're living in these challenging times. I mentioned the IPCC report earlier. It gave us all pause for thought. So what would you say to other people that are currently thinking about a career in the environment? Yeah, I think if you're passionate about it, then go for it. But I don't think it's going to be an easy ride at the same time. You know, in, in any role where you're trying to affect change, you will go through periods when it is frustrating and challenging and you will come up against people who don't share your objectives and have competing priorities and interests. So, you know, passion is great, but that alone won't necessarily get you through those challenging periods. So it's also really important to constantly work on updating your knowledge and um, most importantly, I would say um, in any role where you're trying to affect change, it's really important to look after yourself and your team. Um, and it's a, a really exciting time to work in a sustainability role, as it is increasingly recognised that we need to change the way we do business. But it's also quite a big responsibility to be leading that change. And, and I do um, feel the weight of that responsibility sometimes, I guess. Um, so... The other thing to note, I think, particularly for new entrants into this kind of role, is that the job market today is quite challenging for young people who are embarking on their career um, because there are, are, you know, so many new graduates with relevant degrees in environmental sustainability subjects at undergraduate and postgraduate level. And while there are an increasing number of opportunities in the field, I think it's really important to think about how you're going to set yourself apart from the rest. Um, perhaps through volunteering or your professional membership, um, any additional courses and certifications and, and, you know, work experience with transferable skills. So if you can't find a, a, um, a job that's immediately um, working in environmental sustainability, then think about what work experience you could get with those transferable skills that we use in, in all roles, really, you know, like good communication skills and so on. Um, but if it's what you choose to do, it's an extremely rewarding career to explore and develop. Yeah, that's great advice. And I think that fits for anybody who's going straight out of college into courses to get their skills up or whether they're tra they're transitioning in their career as well. I think all of that advice really fits. That's brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, what about you? Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. Go on. Sorry. I was just <laughs> going to say the, the other thing I would probably mention is, um, you know, uh, IEMA have their sustainability skills map as well. So yeah. if you're looking to break into um, the industry or indeed to progress your career, I, I actually found that a really useful tool in terms of planning my own development. So um, it's definitely worth checking that out as well. Excellent. That's a great tip. I love that. So what about you for your next steps? I mean, you've, you're fairly recently into this role, so obviously there's a, a future there still to think about. What's, what's your kind of long-term aspirations? Where would you like to get to? Well, yeah, I mean, I really am very new in my current role. So my immediate, you know, aims are to actually meet more people in person <laughs> because I've met most of my colleagues through Teams. And I'm really focused right now on building the team and implementing the new strategy so that we can make strong progress towards 
you know, the sustainability goals that we've set ourselves. And I've got a great colleague joining the team at the end of the month, um, uh, Derek Walter, who's going to be sustainability manager for the steam specialties business. And I'm giving him a name check there because he's actually recently achieved his full membership of IEMA and Chartered Environmental Status. (laughs) And it's going to be a fantastic addition to the team. Um, I'm interviewing for energy engineers and environmental specialists currently. And so we're going to be building the team further in the near future. And we've set our strategy, commitments and goals. And so now really the hard work begins as we start to make those investments that will push us on towards some quite stretching targets. So, yeah, my immediate focus is very much on what we have to achieve here and now. But I guess beyond that, um, I never want to stop learning. So I may well pick up my studies again in the future and would like to continue to progress my professional development, eventually maybe becoming a fellow of IEMA and um, really just, uh, you know, looking to see what opportunities arise, you know, in this in this huge global organisation that I now found, find myself in. Um, to, to develop my career further. So, yeah, I guess I'm not looking much further beyond that for the time being because we because we have some really important work to do here. <laughs> I was going to say that sounds like a lot of work right there. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the questions that we've been asking all the way through these podcasts is um, what if you were actually able to influence world leaders for a day? What would be the first thing you'd do? Oh, do you know what? Um, this is a really difficult question because there are so many things that I feel like um, need fixing right now that it'd be really hard to know where to start. Um, you know, and I could talk to them about the fact that climate change is widespread and rapid and intensifying to borrow some words from the IPCC report or, you know, about the wave of biodiversity loss that many are calling the sixth mass extinction. But, you know, they already know that. And so I'm not sure why my voice would be any more powerful than all the other voices out there who have been calling for action on these issues what feels like a lifetime already so I guess I guess I would just ask them to just stop and really think about what kind of future they want to see Um, so if I had a superpower I guess it would be to be able to help world leaders see the different futures that there are so that they can understand um, you know what what their role is really in working back from that and making sure that we deliver the kind of future that we all want to see that's lovely. I really love that because there's something in that, isn't there? The power of the pause. Just taking a moment to just think about what's in front of you. That's really yeah. powerful. Thank you for that. Absolutely. And do you know what? Um, I don't think we take enough time to just pause and think and reflect. So, yeah, that's, that's, that would be my thing that I would try to do with them. <laughs> Brilliant. I'm just trying to think how we can get you in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so Amanda thank you so much for sharing your career highlights with us it's, it's been a fascinating chat and um, I mean for me when I saw the, the word steam my first thought was well we started off with steam didn't we and actually it's still really important today so I think you're in a really fascinating exciting role and it sounds like you've done some great work in the early days so I can't wait to see what you go on to do so thank you very much for your time really appreciate it oh thank you Sandra it's been really great speaking to you today If you are curious to hear more about the Chartered Environmentalist, Registered Environmental Practitioner and Registered Environmental Technician Registers, please take a look at our How to Become and Why Become recorded webinars on our website, socenv.org.uk. Or you can find them on our YouTube channel, Society for the Environment, where you will also find a variety of environmental webinar series and various different insights from registrants. 
To keep up with all of the Society's latest news, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SOCEMV underscore HQ and LinkedIn at SOCEMV. We will release a new episode on the first Wednesday of each month, so if you're interested in our future podcasts, please subscribe to hear more from us. You can subscribe and review through a variety of platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify and CastBox. Thank you for listening or watching on YouTube. We're looking forward to the next episode next month. Bye for now.